welcome back to We Taught Soccer, a podcast hosted by me, Taylor Bolson, and my co-host, as always, and forevermore, will never leave me, Sasha. What's up, everybody? Sasha, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a long time. I've missed I've missed you. I missed you too, bud. It's yeah, it's been It's been weird watching soccer mean like I should have talked about this and then forgetting like the next week. And like, oh I had something to say about this game. And then just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like I had no outlet to get my <laughs> dumb opinions out. That is how I felt. Sad. Yeah. Also like last week we had this like soccer news cycle where Every day, it was just, like, five stories hitting where I'm like, we could have been talking about this, but, like, then you just get hit by another story, another story. Uh, That's just, I think it's just 2020. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just 2020. Like, everything, like, remember the, the president's tax returns? <laughs> that, was, that seems like months ago. <laughs> months, and it's, it's not. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was, like, September. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... If you're listening to this, thank you. Um, thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for sitting us through the, the hiatus. Um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time if, if the edit isn't good. Because, again, it's my first time editing a podcast. And I hope everything turns out right. Cue awkward music. Cue right here. That stuff's to be here. Um, it's going to be a little different um, without Notch here. Um, Sasha and I are the are the two united fans now we 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 didn't have two we are back oh as 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 the prophecies foretold yeah it's the rule of the sith right the rule of two yeah exactly Mm -hmm. who so i would be i'd be the master yes yeah naturally there must always be one one who has the power one to seek it if i'm quoting that correctly so basically what next time we're together you will probably try to kill me i mean i've already been trying so (laughs) (laughs) but uh uh not to start out these with uh, a question, so Sasha, do you want me to ask you a notched question? No. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to, again, it's been a month. We're going to cover the stuff we thought was most important in our hiatus, and then next week, maybe we'll have different stuff to talk about and different format. Who knows? It's just going to be just a trial and error period for this first, for the end of the season here for Minnesota. Um, but we're talking about some sad, but also uplifting news out of California. The San Diego loyal of the USL championship walked off the field after former loon Colin Martin was abused with homophobic language. Uh, Colin Martin is the only openly gay uh, male athlete, I believe playing currently like active in his uh, sport in the U S uh, his coach, Lennon Donovan, said that if the player was removed from the game, then Loyal would continue. The player, who was identified later as Junior Flemings of Phoenix Rising, was not removed. So after halftime, the Loyal uh, lined up to start and then walked off the field. Uh, Flemings has since been suspended for the rest of the season by USL, and the Phoenix Rising head coach, Rich Chance, is on administrative administrative leave. Uh, Sasha, uh, Len Donovan had a very uh, poignant, I think, video would be the word. Um, and I wonder what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, uh, he spoke, you know, there were there were multiple videos that came out really just, but the per- first one where he's addressing everybody, he, he said, like, on our backboards it says, I will speak, I will act. And he felt the previous week they didn't act quick enough when another one of their players was targeted for... Uh, racial abuse and so this was the opportunity I think for him to make a stand uh, I have a lot of respect for him um, 
I think the other video that got leaked from the sideline conversation uh, also says a lot. Like, mm-hmm. the opposing coach asked him, like, how long have you been in the sport? And I think, like, obviously that was rhetorical, but Landon Donovan's in a position to, <laughs> like, make start his legacy as a coach. And he experienced, probably witnessed a lot of this while he was in MLS, and he probably is now saying, like, I'm a coach, I have the influence to make a change here in this setting, and I will, even if it costs us a win. Because Colin Martin is on record saying he wanted to play. But the bigger picture is, like, if we want to stamp this out in our in our sport – you have to start making stands like this. Yeah, and obviously props to them. They were up 3-1 at halftime and just one of the best teams in in USL and lost out on a playoff spot because of it. Um, USL eventually gave the, all three points to Phoenix Rising because San Diego uh, forfeited. Um, but as you mentioned his legacy as a coach, and this is, this is a, a, a shining moment for him to put out there like, He'll have his players back. He will support them if they're ever attacked racially or homophobically or any sort of derogatory way on the field. And it's unfortunate that that has to be a thing nowadays, but players that will sign up to be on Donovan's team from here on out will know they are protected. And that's that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else to add on that? No, I just I think this is just the start of something in regards to changes. I think in any in any sport, when you want to see a change, it takes the bravery of, of a certain individual to to make the first step. And I think this is the first step for us uh, in soccer here. Yeah, uh, well said. Uh, moving on very awkwardly and bad at headwaying is uh, to Minnesota United news. Um, again, this won't get better as we go on. Uh, usually, not headways. Um, I have more. That was more like the Sedway CEO driving off a cliff and dying on a Sedway, which happened, and I just did audioly. So, <laughs> uh, Kai Kamara is in at striker. Mason Toy um, out to Montreal. Um, this Mason Toy move was kind of a shock, um, but he, when Kai Kamara came into the team, Toy asked to be traded, and the return we got for him was good. Um, but again, he's a 21-year-old striker with room to grow. Our strikers are now Kai Kamara, 36, uh, Schoenfeld, who is early 30s, and Amaria, who was injured, and I think 24. Yep. Um, the I guess the silver lining of this move is is Mason Toy just to play for his childhood hero, uh, Terry Henry in Montreal. Uh, he was a ball boy for the New York Red Bulls, and when Terry Henry was playing, so that's that's pretty cool, and hopefully he can work himself out. Uh, we got six hundred k from him, and then we did. A, if he goes to Europe from Montreal, we get a certain percentage of that transfer fee back to us. So business wise, you get to you get some return on a player who wanted out anyway, but also it's a promising young player, and I don't think a lot of fans liked seeing the, him leave, especially after we get the thirty six year old Ty Tamara in. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Sasha? I think everybody looked at Toy and said he is a developing player. He's only getting better. And what sucks as a Minnesota fan is like he's no longer developing with Minnesota. If what if he gets a US men's cop, you know, the club that gets mentioned won't be Minnesota for him. Or if he, you know, he goes to Europe, you know. But yeah. in that in those regards, I'm glad like the amount we got for him, six hundred and gam or six hundred thousand in gam, right? Is, There's something around there, yeah. Yeah. 
it's okay, and I am happy for him, but I will miss him because he he always gave me hope when he stepped on the pitch. Yeah, and uh, obviously no hard feelings from us here. I think uh, we told soccer a few United fans. Um, he wanted to play. He wasn't going to get that here, and I hope he gets and succeeds that with the playing time he gets at Montreal. He's he played really well for us last year in his best run. Those two goals against LAFC away, and then that game winner against Portland in the U.S. Open Cup will. I'll, I'll always remember. So, good luck, Mason Toy. Um, we hope you still listen to us, even though you're in Montreal. Does our podcast go to Canada? I should probably ask Notch. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on, uh, we have our first Patreon question of the episode. Um, if you join our Patreon for th- at this three dollar three dollar level, uh, you can join our Slack channel. And on that Slack channel, there is a, another channel for pod questions. So you get to ask question to us every week that we have to answer no matter what unless we forget to put them in the notes uh, joe asks do you guys think we will buy on maria and sasha do you have do you, th- do you think what do you think about that honestly i don't know it's it's hard because he when he started and he came on he showed us in preseason in those first two games he was worth the money he was a young attacking uh you know guy in the air threat and also like he was dangerous. He was a good target man. Then he got injured in Orlando, and it hasn't been the same since. And I don't know if he's going to be worth it. Injuries, my experience with injuries are like like career-ending injuries, like Ozil. Like you're never the same again. Never as good as you were. So my that's my fear with Amaria. Yeah, he is currently the, the, the team is trying to get him a second opinion on his ankle i believe um the first doctor said he needed surgery they don't want him to get surgery because obviously he would be out for the rest of the season and then the rest of his loan um there's still that option to buy i do think we will buy him just because scouting for a new striker is going to be hard with covid basically trying to scout internationally you don't rely on game tapes from all over the world um and I think if Mason Toy stays, Amaria is not here next year. But now with that toy moving out, I do think we would buy Amaria just to say, okay, we got to start to figure it out for next year. That is done. Just worry about somewhere else on the pitch. Um, that being said, I don't think they should, honestly, but I think they will. Um, worth noting here that Andrew, Andrew Wiebe of MLSsoccer.com, um, which is apparently the bane of our team, according to certain managers, uh, said that Amaria was in the top five most disappointing signings of 2020, and Darwin Quintero, remember him, was one of the best. Um, and it's hard to argue. Yeah, like, it would be amazing to see what Reynoso and, and Quintero could put together, but, you know, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, it, really, it would be really interesting to watch even, to, yeah, Quintero and Reynoso along with Amolino who's finally fully healthy from that ACL injury and Robin Lude who on the right, yeah. nowhere else, on the right only. <laughs> um, so we, we missed some games obviously with our hiatus. So let's talk about just kind of the recent form and how you think the team is doing. Um, some bright spots. Who were some bright spots for you in this past month, Sasha? Um, I think the, the, first, the first one, uh, has to be Dane St. Clair, right? Uh, from the first game, mm. he he's grown. Yes. The first one, he looked like he was, wasn't as confident coming out of goal. 
I, like the next game right after that, he looked like he was he was ready. He was telling players where to go. He wasn't afraid to challenge. He's kept the clean sheets, including the amazing first clean sheet where the ball was in his net three times. Uh, so yeah, that is, so, so if we want to start from the back and go out, like the first thing to be happy about is yes, Tyler Miller's gone, but we have somebody who we can trust in goal. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised next year if Tyler Miller is fully healthy if they kind of split time as number one, especially with the way DSC is playing. Uh, my my biggest, not surprised, but like good play, like, I don't know how to put this even, uh, basically uh, Bataille Debassi, our new signing center back and left back, has been playing extremely well, I think, for the Loons. Um, very solid. He reminds me a lot of Roman, which made sense because they're from the same league in, over in France. I don't think a man... He, I don't think Debassi is ever phased by anything. No, he's... Like, yeah. His positional he's, awareness is amazing. He, he always knows where to be. I, I I have no proof of this, but his his playing heart rate seems to be like 60 beats per minute. Like, he is just calm, cool, collected the entire game. Uh, he did almost score a couple games ago. I think it was RSL. He had a header that knocked off the post. Um, I think him being in the lineup is fantastic. We have three starting quality healthy center backs now. I think Aha is like if if Boxy and is an A, then I think Debassi is an A minus. I think Aha is probably a B, but like a B is not terrible. He played I think extremely well yesterday night against uh, Nashville. Aha did, and um, I think he's been playing well. I think uh, Reynoso is finding his way into the team. He seems to play better when Molino's on the field, I think, which I think you'd say a lot about a lot of our players, honestly. Because we talked about this beforehand. When Molino's on, oh, man, is he on. Holy crap. Yeah, and he's he's on right now, and it's clear that he has chemistry with uh, Molino. I think for a while, in fact, Reynoso was favoring Molino's side just because he knew he had the speedsters of Chase and Molino over there. If he had to make a quick pass, those guys were going to go and make the run for the ball, right? And yeah, I mean, and Reynoso is so skilled, he can he can switch the pitch like so quickly. You know, oh, it, it it's beautiful to watch. I'm sorry, I just need to put that out there. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, it it really is. Like he'll have two guys or three guys coming on him, and he's just like he's he like someone said this. Like he looks like like he's calmer when he's under pressure than when he has like time and space. Yeah. <laughs> if if he only has the room to make like one or two touches, it's like oh yeah, I don't know what to do here, and uh, he. I don't know if he did or, but it's, it was part of his good play that led to Chase's first ever Messi United goal, his ever, first ever MLS goal, which was a fucking rocket to the back of the net against, I think, Salt Lake. The first time we played them. I don't know. It's This whole entire month has been a blur of soccer, and I don't really know what's happening most of the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see that, that Chase Gasper goal. I think he was he's kind of falling out of that U.S. men's left back conversation and there's nothing like a goal like that to put you back in the conversation exactly and i think um yeah the way he 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 looks tired obviously he's been playing there almost every single game but he's so fun to watch on the left hand side i think coming in that draft where we got dsc and uh uh chase and also hasani I've no. This is just me as a Minnesota fan saying best draft haul in MLS history. Yeah, come at me, Andrew Weeby. 
You don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It like. I mean, before that, it was just you know, Chase and Hassani that were like, oh, yeah, they're contributing really well. Hassani is kind of that jack of all trades, that kind of Swiss Army knife you can put in and fill in a spot. And then Chase was our starting left back when we shipped out Calvo. And then, but out with DSC performing, and Hassani basically a start is going to be a starter rest of the year in midfield with uh, Ozzy recovering from injury, but also Jan Bredus is in Slovakia for the next five games for international duty, which is a shame. Yeah. But also good for him for representing his country. He's can't be mad at the guy for doing that, but yeah, he's going to be missed. But that gives more time for Tassani and to Jatori Hayes, who, again, Sasha has has on record said can fuck up a defense. Yeah, dude. You got to respect the talk, man. That kid, <laughs> that kid wants it. I, and I did, I did notice watching Premier League that Hector Bellerin is now tucking in his jersey. So, like, it's it's spreading. The talk is spreading across the sea. It's a trend that Jatori Hayes definitely started. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you were told this when you were growing up playing soccer, but like, we were always told to tuck just so that the refs could clearly see when we were like when someone pulled on our jerseys. Well, I stopped playing soccer in second grade when I moved to a small town in Wisconsin that had no soccer. So, um, I got I got my participation trophy in Jefferson, Wisconsin, and you know retired on top. You're saying you're saying you didn't recreate the movie The Big Green out in rural rural Wisconsin? No, <laughs> no, no one liked soccer except for me and my friend Lucas. That was it. We were the only two who actually liked soccer. Lucas Del Ryan? Damn, up. dude. I didn't know you guys you two, you two went back. <laughs> yeah, I moved I moved to a small town in Wisconsin, but also at the same time, Argentina. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a portal thing. We go from one side of Main Street, cheese and brats, to the other side of the Main Street, and rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was very confusing because I was trying to do directions anywhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, it kind of brings me to our next question. Um talk about the form some disappointments in there we can mention but i think if you're listening to this podcast you kind of know who we single out and i don't want to single out any any players really because it could just be a bad spot of form but mike d again another patron of this great podcast great yes well like b plus yeah b plus uh mike d asks does this team make the playoffs and here's my answer to that we have to face Dallas two more times. Once down there, and then there our last game of the season in November. Dallas has to come up to us. Now I I was on record saying is Dallas was garbage this year, and then now I have to eat my words because whenever I speak out against Dallas, like this has happened two years in a row now. If you remember last year in playoffs, I said Dallas was going to be garbage against Seattle, and then that game turned out to be like a score fest. But yeah, if we we have never drawn with Dallas, we have beat them three times. They've beat us five. We need to take at least one three points off them. If we take all six, then we're like we make playoffs easy. If we take four, we also make playoffs. If if somehow we end up ha- having draws, which I don't think is going to happen, when we take two, it's going to be a weird fight for like fourth or fifth place in the West. So I think it really depends on whether we beat Dallas, and I think that depends on honestly how the front four work or like how rain also works with the th- th- front three we choose like finley is back we saw him in health and he looks like he didn't miss a beat like he j- he's back in lineup and it was clear that like Reynoso was so happy to have like Bolino on the left and finley on the right two speedsters man you could see yeah Reynoso did like yeah 
playing out to the wide areas and but Ethan Finley needs to finish and that'll come when he regains his uh, sharpness I guess but there were a couple times in the Nashville game where he was one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he either fired it up into Rosette or he fired it directly at Joe Willis yeah um, which you don't want to do and I'm not a, again I stopped playing soccer in second grade but I'm pretty sure you don't want to do that yeah. Shoot directly at the goalkeeper, unless your goalkeeper you're shooting at is Teppa from Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I kind of, so, yeah, I kind of get eerie yeah, flashbacks. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just thinking like I, I think there's an expanded field this year for playoffs. I think we're currently in fourth. We have a couple of games. The teams around us have games in hand, so if they win those games, they would jump us, obviously, or uh, widen the gap between us and them. Um. I don't know, man. If we if we make playoffs, I think it'd be a big disappointment not to. Especially from if if you looked at Adrian Heath's job security, like you always want to progress each year. And for sure, those first two years, you can say, but well, it was the same. Like those are it was a, it was a, it was a soft launch. Like the team didn't deny it, but it was a soft launch. This last year, we got a home playoff game. We were in fourth place. You want to see that progression. And I know it's a weird season that's really awkward with that t- tournament in there and less games, but you want to see that progression. You want to see you, – you really want to see how the team was performing in March. You want to see that now. Those two games in March against San Jose and Portland were some of the best football we've played as far as I can remember. Both those games were fantastic. Both those games, we had a clear identity. Both those games, we looked very comfortable with... The team looked very comfortable playing with each other. And I don't know if that's because Ike was playing or if because Ike and Ozzy were both healthy. Um, but I think if this team doesn't make the playoffs, some serious questions have to be asked about the future of this team in in the Daffer's chair, honestly. And that kind of, kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, Joe, from our earlier question, asks one more this episode. Is it more important to win this year or test our death players to try and make a better run next year? So kind of building up those, getting our younger players some more um, match time and experience. Or is, should we just balls to the wall, win or go home every single day of the rest of the year, basically. Try to try to do our best and win and everything we can this year. What do you think, Sasha? Um, I, I'm of the opinion, and I know this year has been weird, so this is an exception to it, but I'm of the opinion that you don't even talk about you know playing for next year until this season is over. Mind you, this season should have been over like this week. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I understand where that question's coming with all of, with how weird it's been, but I think we should go we should go ball to the wall because guess what? Like we are being forced to play our kids. We have so many injuries that other teams are commenting on the fact that we don't even have a full bench, and I know that's an easy out, but I don't think that's how we should go about it. I think we should be like, hey, guess what? Our kids are good. Our kids, you know, we're battered and bruised, and we might be like coming into across the finish line into playoffs, like looking pretty broken. But guess what? These kids are made of strong stuff. Dotson, Hayes, dude. You know, Gasper, DSC, like these kids, they had good mentors in Ozzy and Ike. Those guys yeah. are tough. Our kids are tough. We can fucking make it. And that means we have to show up against Dallas. 
Kai Kamara is a great voice of wisdom. The dude is a known goal scorer. He's like number five in all-time goal scorers. There's only like three other active players that are above him. Or two, like Bradley Wright Phillips and Wondolowski. And uh, so I think we can do it. Did I get... Okay, yeah, and just to add on that, I think... I think we could do both, especially in this year. There's a lot of teams of injuries. I would like to see more of Raheem Edwards on the pitch. I'd like to see a little bit more of Marlon Harrison on the pitch. They're both the under guys to get more experience. Um, with DSC in goal, I, I love watching him in goal because you know, he's a younger guy as well, one of our draft picks from last year who is getting valuable minutes in goal in MLS. And then... Like Asani and Chase at this point, are they even depth players? Or are they they're they're starters at this point? Like here and out cemented starters. So really any like any game they play is just in a help in their development. And that'll will help our run next year. Um or and future years if we keep them, who knows? I think it's a, it's you know, you want you want a little bit of both because if you go all out to win this year and then don't play your younger guys or the next couple of years, you're going to, going to suffer for that. Especially in a year with close, uh, a congested uh, match schedule, you want to have that depth as well. And I, there should be more rotation in the squad to, we have the depth to do it, to uh, alleviate some of the older guys. <laughs> I don't want to say older guys. That seems like, <laughs> Oh man, they're old and fragile. They're not, but like, maybe you don't start the old guys every single game. Who knows? Man, I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't well, know. I mean, like Molino's uh-huh. getting up there in golden as a golden oldie, but he still has form. I just think when he he he, he, he gets he, winded, like he does, yeah. that's when you sub yeah. in Edwards, and we didn't do that last game, and that pissed me off. Because like Molino put it like he worked hard, and then when he's tired, because he he was also getting followed, mind you, he got followed like several times really hard. Yeah. yeah, and th- that was his first game back from – our first start back from injury. He played in the previous game at Cincinnati, which he scored, came out as a sub, and he I think he played all 90 minutes. Ethan's first game was la- was against Nashville in a, off a long injury uh, layoff, and he played all 90 minutes. I'm pretty sure he only had one sub when Kai came on for Schoenfeld, and, and then Adrian Heath has said, I don't understand why people want me to sub so much. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said – there's a there's some there's an obsession in America with substitutions when we're playing well water substitute. It's like to get fresher legs on the pitch and burn the tired defenders. Maybe I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a podcaster, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to ask us questions on the podcast, you can join our Patreon at the three dollar level. Scout get access to the tough Slack where that channel is, where you can submit your questions. Um, if you want a little bit more, five dollars, you get an extra episode every single week. This week will be my long-awaited. Let's talk about uh, Spanish love songs. Their album "Brave Faces," everyone that came out back in February. Um, then twenty dollars lead commissioner tier. We give you a shout out after every single. Utah Center episode. You get two two dead fans logo stickers mailed to you. I should really get those from Notch because I think he has all of them. Oh, let's do that for later. Uh, 
write that down and then fifty dollars you get two guest appearances per year um on an episode we call it soccer you get a shout out at the start of every, every episode and the thousand dollar tier we will hunt notch down and make him say atlanta is good <laughs> he's no longer on the podcast we he, this is a blood pact that he signed on the patreon we will find him and we'll make him say it and we'll give him some of the money obviously because that would be rude if we didn't um moving on to a new segment that i just made up and it's a little game i made for sasha it's a quiz about sasha's favorite team it says so do you know arsenal <laughs> cue theme music there's no theme music <laughs> oh, oh god all right all right, it's really easy. Again, there's 10 questions here. They're all about Arsenal. There's no joke questions whatsoever. There's no like weird things just to like throw you off or make you laugh or whatever. That'd be rude. Completely rude. We are a serious podcast. All right, number one. Oh, shit. All right, there. Sorry, it disappeared off my screen for a split second, and that was weird. So, number one, what is Arsenal's nickname? The Gunners. Incorrect. Number two. What year was Arsenal's invincible season? Oh, shit. I actually don't know this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Arsenal's inv- invincible I mean, season? I thought, I, 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 yeah, their season. The years. 2008? Sorry, it was 0304. Oh. Question number three. How do you beat Bobby Flay? <laughs> I hate this already. I don't know. <laughs> just guess anything how do, how do you beat Bobby Flay mm-hmm. press press all the time no you make him cook something that isn't his garbage text match and he'll do the rest I actually didn't know who Bobby Flay was and I did not want to admit that but yeah okay <laughs> he, he's a chef who has a show called beat Bobby Flay okay. and yeah it's it's rigged. The whole entire show is rigged. Um, number four. Who is the most? Who is the winningest coach in Arsenal history? <laughs> Arsene Wenger. I mean, probably. I didn't look this one up, but I I, I guess that was probably correct. Um, number five. What move did Charlie Conway do to win the district championship for the Mighty Ducks? Oh, the flying V. Of course. Come on. It's a triple deke. Sorry, I was in a shootout. Oh, they fucking triple deke. Yeah, uh... and you call yourself a Minnesotan. <laughs> You know who would say a flying V? The Russians would say flying V. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't like this game. Where is Arsenal located? Uh, Oh, my God. I almost said one heart lane. North London. uh, Yes, North London. Definitely not that other white side of of (laughs) North London. We don't like them. Number seven. What is 72 divided by eight? Okay, don't 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 make me do math on the spot. Oh man, you, you can just tell me don't fuck myself too. Yeah. Like, it's always an option. Can we can we end this? What are the last questions? Come on. All right, the answer was nine. God, I'm so bad. Question number eight: Who was Arsenal's latest player signing? Oh, uh, it was the defender. I do not know his name, but he was he. <laughs> this is horrible. I, I definitely saw it in my Twitter feed. I don't. I don't have the name off the top of my head. Uh, Thomas Party. Thank you. From Atletico Madrid. Number nine. Who is Arsenal's biggest rival? Uh, I would say Chelsea, but it is Tottenham. Actually, the answer is whoever is in fourth place. Oh God. Uh, question number ten. <laughs> what? 
What is the actor who played Spider from the School of Rock's real-life job? School of Rock with, like, Jack Black? Yes. Was it? There's a character named Spider. Yeah. In real life, he's no longer an actor. What is his real-life job in today? Is he the mascot for Arsenal that they sold this week? I wish he was. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. But no, he's a district attorney in Texas. That's real. The guy who played Spider and wore leather sleeves and nothing else besides, well, on his top for the Battle of the Bands for no vacancy is a district attorney in Texas who focuses on drug charges. So fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just as, as a no- Also, no vacancy should never won the Battle of the Bands in School of Rock. It is obviously rigged and bullshit. So that was. How well do you know your favorite team? Oh, God, I failed. Sasha. I failed so horribly. But you know who's not failing? Arsenal. They were able to beat your club. <laughs> Glorified friendly, my friend. Glorified friendly. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I think within 30 days, yeah, we, we lost the Premier League match against you, but we beat you in uh, the Community Shield and Carabao Cup. So, mm. again, again, the Community Shield is one of those games where I'm like, if we win, major trophy. If we lose, glorified friendly. I don't care. <laughs> And then the lead cup, I think we, we a game we dominated and that lost in penalties, which gives us more of a chance to focus on the lead, which after which we promptly lost seven to two to Aston Villa. So like what what the hell? But we did beat you in the lead three to one. So um, eat me, and <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important game. Yep. Um, how, how are you feeling about Arsenal this season? Optimistic, like it. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 clear that they made the right moves. They signed William as well. He's been playing out on the right from Chelsea. Um, One of the most underrated players, I think, in the past decade yeah. in the Premier League. Uh, Taylor, my wife, is a Chelsea fan, so I just, I just watch William a lot. It's like he's all like when you think he's lost a step, he really hasn't. He's he's very valuable. And to get him on a free like you guys did, fantastic signing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So. Should be should be a fun year. Yeah, let, right before, so we kind of jumped to Liverpool Arsenal, Todd. Let's talk about some MLS transfers that you've written down that I have not read yet. So please enlighten <laughs> me, Sasha. Uh, so our transfer window this year doesn't a- end till the 29th. Uh, for Europe, it ended uh, on the 5th of October. So we still got some days. But uh, first one, this is one we, we both spotted, was Lee Wynn is returning to the New England Revs from Inter-Miami. Couple of years with uh, LAFC and also with uh, in, well, like half a season if you even call it that, into Miami, um, back to his home, not hometown, but his original club where he really made his name as a, one of the best uh, tens in MLS. Yeah, and I think this is Bruce Arena saying like, if I'm gonna make a run for it this year, I need the guy who started it all for us. Yeah. Um, Brad Smith is back from on loan. Back from loan to Cardiff to the Sounders. Uh, he already got minutes. They subbed him in uh, against, uh, yeah, for the last game. And I'm excited to see him back. He is on New Who's side. And just like New Who, they think that the best uh, defense is a strong offense. So they'll bomb forward. <laughs> um, speaking of defense, another person oh. leaving into Miami was Roman Torres. He also returned to the Sounders. So they're trying to shore yeah, up. Did- yeah. Just signing for you guys with Roman Torres coming back. Uh, Brad Smith, I believe, is a former Liverpool player. He is. He had five appearances yeah. for you guys. 
In the dark days. <laughs> That's probably when either Brendan Rodgers or Mark Hodgson was coached. Jesus. All right. Uh, Whitecaps, their goalkeeper, Thomas Asal, the, the, the meme of the on the tournament where he smacked his head on the camera that was in goal. Um, out with concussion and possibly or and a, and a uh, left tibia stress fracture, which, yowch. That means they need to make for a move for a goalkeeper because he was their like emergency backup. Um, Evan Bush from Montreal to the Whitecaps um, did move for them. He was a starter for the Montreal for a few years there, where he was probably a B minus to C plus goalkeeper, but didn't get hot some games and made some great saves. Yeah, uh, it's important to note that their first goalkeeper who got the injury back in Orlando, Crepeau, uh, is back in training so and he's the one who broke his hand it, they had to cut the glove off of his hand yes. to get it off because it swelled so much yeah. so um. and like you need you need your hands as a goalkeeper <laughs> you do indeed I'd say it's, it's pretty I'd, pivotal that's the kind of breaking news from you can come to expect from two United fans and we call it soccer yeah. you're welcome oh, yeah these are magic insights <laughs> <laughs> Not really a transfer nope. news, but kind of like an interesting tidbit I read. Chris Wondolowski uh, told Taylor Twellman he's considering not retiring at the end of the year. There's apparently the Wando Watch, hashtag Wando Watch, going on. Um, my, my note on this is that naturally he doesn't want to quit because Bradley Red Phillips and Kai Kamara are still scoring goals. So he doesn't want to lose that number one spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you. I think Jack Tomorrow's like forty goals behind him, so like it would have to take a lot of goals. I don't know how where B, BWP is, but like doesn't really surprise me that one that wants to keep playing. He's still scoring goals for San Jose, but they're still like losing a lot. But yeah, that's a story for a different time. But with this weird season, he, he wants a full, regular, normal MLS season to end his career on, and I understand that, but also like. World Cup 2014, man. What the hell? <laughs> uh, people don't forget Wando. Yeah. Yeah. We still Wando watching that fail. <laughs> uh, lastly, Timbers right back, George Mor... I'm saying this wrong. Moriera returned... Jorge? Jorge. Jorge probably. Yeah. Uh, returned... Moriera? I don't know how to yeah. say it. Returned from loan yeah. to River Plot, and... Timbers want to be able to sign him, uh, but they can't agree on a transfer fee. They want to pay around a hundred thousand, and River Platte wants over a million dollars for him. So that is quite the difference. Um, last bit of transfer news here, which is some good news for the U.S. Men's National Team and and the American development as a whole for soccer. Brendan Aronson, the number ten for Philadelphia, who's been tearing it up this season, who I believe is eighteen, will move to. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg in the Austrian League in the season. Um, that is the team that former New York Red Bulls coach uh, Jesse Marsh coaches. And also the the team that uh, Mina Mino, who's now at Liverpool, came from. And Erling Holland, who's now at Dortmund, came from. And there's this really good uh, Sobolewski, I think, Hungarian player, who's also getting some waves from um, other European clubs. So... Good step in the right direction for him and his development of his career. It's a good place to go and develop um, and has an easy step, stepping stone to other clubs like we saw with other 
uh, Red Bull Salzburg players. And talking about Europe, there are some different TV rights in the U.S. for some European leagues. The Bundesliga is on ESPN+. Plus. Premier League is on NBC Sports and also the streaming service Peacock. I think Bundesliga is got this one right. Um, you can watch every single Bundesliga game either on ESPN or ESPN2 or the ESPN Plus app. Um, with the Premier League, it's just different. Some games are on NBC, some games are on NBC Sports Network, and some games are on Peacock. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason uh, with like quality of the teams or the games playing of what channel they're going to be on or what streaming service. So it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. ESPN made it very clear like they, they didn't care about conflicting with you know America's football schedule. Because they're like, oh, we'll just put all the games uh, on ESPN Plus as well, and you can watch them there, and it's so convenient. Whereas navigating the whole NBC Sports League like coverage is is a maze. Yeah, and ESPN now they have Bundesliga, they have Serie A, they have the uh, Championship, which is the second division in England. They have the A League, which is the Australian League, and they have the Eredivisie, yep. I believe. Yep. Which is the ne- the lead in the Netherlands? Yeah. So, we both have two, or we both have a Bundesliga team that we support. So, um, you can really you can find every single game on there. Yeah. On ESPN, ESPN Plus. Um, it- so, if you have that, and don't have a Bundesliga team, didn't start watching some games. Find the team to support. Um, whatever team style you like, which is how I found my team with the Eintracht Frankfurt. When they had Luka Jovic and Sebastian Haller and Ante Rebic, and were just those t- three players were just cutting apart defenses. They now have neither of those players, but they're still a lot of fun to watch. But they do have uh, an American player in Timothy Chandler. Remember him? And they're still fun to watch. They're a kind of mid table team. Um, one fun thing is that they're super progressive, they have banned any right wing support or any fans from entering the stadium. Obviously now that's kind of easy because there's very limited fans, but like that was back in 2014 the chairman announced that. So that's another good reason to support them. So, Sasha, you support uh, Borussia Dortmund. Pitch that team to uh, If you are a fan of Play the Kids, this thing, this team is one who was like, we only have kids, and they're always coming up the pipeline. Uh, currently, their front three, uh, Erling Brut Holland, as we mentioned, is is a youngster. Jaden Sancho, probably the hottest youngster uh, in the world right now. A lot of clubs want him. Uh, and you also have uh, Thorgan Hazard, younger brother of Eden Hazard, uh, Julian Brandt, uh, Gio Reyna, American, an American kid for you if you need another American. And Ooh. also... Who had a, a gentleman's hat trick in his last game, which is three assists. Yeah, like it's and they're all getting yeah. playtime. And it's Sorry. former, you know, it's the former club of Christian Pulisic. So if you're a fan of him, this is a, a club to to support. Yeah. So there's also like a quiz on ESPN.com you can take to like tell you what team you should support. I think you got <laughs> Dortmund. And I got Wolfsburg, which is <laughs> bullshit. And very insulting to me as a lifelong Frankfurt fan. Um, <laughs> with that, I think that's the end of our show. So um, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, 
I, you can find me at Russian Revenant, and I'll give you a little bit of wisdom here. I learned the word Geistenspiel from watching the Bundesliga, which is the word that news is using for the, the stadiums that are empty. Oh, okay. So are you going to have a new German word every No, week? we can't keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a different word from a different language. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's German with Sasha. No. Um, I'm at Real Caleb FC, R E A L Caleb with a K, how it's usually spelled, FC. Also, a tweet from the town's two United fans, TWO United fans. Um, special thanks to our lead commissioner, Eric Olson. Hey, Dad, for supporting the podcast at the $20 and above tier. Uh, Dan, if you do that, you, we need to shout out at in the very podcast. Um, thanks to Tectonics for allowing, to, allowing us to use their song Lustless as our theme music. Find them on Bandcamp. SoundCloud and Facebook, YouTube as well, probably. And then just shout out to one of my friends. Uh, he's in my D&D group, um, Tony Fisher. He streams on Twitch, plays video games, and also has some fun conversations at Fishmobile, all one word, F-I-S-H-M-O-B-I-L-E. Um, check them out. They have clips you can watch after the streams are done if you want to catch them live. But Go follow him. I think he's up to, if he's up to 50 followers, he can apply to be a partner, and that's how you start like making good stuff on money on Twitch and stuff. Um, also, special shout-out to former, well, not former, but like sometimes co-host and guest host of this podcast, Shane Hodgson. Um, he and his now wife, Grace, got married this week. So congratulations to them. Shout-out to them. They're great. Um... Oh man, so many shout outs. I don't Oh, and you know what? Fuck it. Shout out to Notch for starting this and allowing us to do this after he left and not just being like taking his podcast and going home. Allowing us to keep the two hundred fans life going. So thanks Notch. Hope you're listening. Hope you enjoyed what we how we mangled your baby. <laughs> I was gonna go more classy and say like we're keeping the light alive, like, you know, in in the book The Road, the flame, keeping it alive. But I guess I guess <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think referencing the book The Road is going to be like the happier version of what we're But it's the more accurate. Podcast. But <laughs> now here we are. Who, man, have we gotten far here? Um, all right, man. Talk to you See next you, week. Man.